Hey everybody, welcome back to New Orleans. We are at world famous Pat O'Brien's and if you're gonna do some bold predictions, sometimes it helps to have some bold juice mm. that brings the truth out. So cheers to uh, a happy new year to you and all. a weird year. The sugar bowl is here and 2020 is gone. We'll see if 2021 can get off on a better note and talk about Ohio State and clubs and that's Berm and Chives. I'm Austin Ward. Oh, uh, already start with the Chives here. Well, this is a different kind of show. This is bold predictions. This is the final bold prediction of 2020. It is the end of 2020, thank God. We are going to go all out. We've got our magic juice. We've got Chives. We've got Austin. We've got me. We've got a rainy New Orleans and Hell yeah, your chives. It's my first time on Bourbon Street. I can't think of any better way to do it than giving some bold predictions for the sugar bowl. All right. Um, let's start with it. Yeah. Uh, bold prediction number one. There's going to be a lot of comments about the music playing in the background, uh -huh. but I'm not going to care. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, folks. We're also trying to have some fun. Yes. Sorry if uh, if the wind has been blowing and then the rain is out there. This is all we could do. Fat Joe, don't wait for nobody. No. And I don't know, what's love got to do with it anyway? It should be about us. It should be. And it is. So for me, bold prediction, number one, Justin Fields will throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns against Clemson. He's going to bounce back. The Northwestern game was the worst game he's ever played. The Buckeyes are going to have the full complement of receivers back. They're going to be not in a position where Clemson is not going to let them run the ball for 300 yards. Um, so I think they're going to really have to rely on Justin Fields getting the ball out quickly, getting it down the field. And the way that they opened the game last year against Clemson, quick pass, quick pass, quick pass, just attack, 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 is going to be the mentality all day. Two Clemson fumbles that Ohio State recovers. Um, Trevor Lawrence is great. Will the officials uphold those? Or? They will. Okay. They will uphold them. There's a bold prediction. Um, Clemson's really good at not turning the football over. If there's one guy who will turn the football over, Travis Etienne's put the ball on the ground a few times this year. Uh, Ohio State's got a really nice defensive front. I think they forced him into at least one of those. Maybe they get a strip sack on Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how the second one happens, but I know they're going to fumble twice. And Ohio State will have two fumble recoveries. Chris Olave will score three times. This is what he's been working for. I just, I was thinking about this yesterday, um, certainly when the, the hype video came out and the trailer, the narration, that pushed it over the top. Just how far he's come, how much work he's had to put in for this. You know, the, dealing with the setbacks as well, uh, with the, you know, not being able to play in the Big Ten title game. You know, I know that Ryan Day's been trying to uh, caution things a little bit, say skill guys in the soft tissue, they have to ease their way back into it. I don't think Chris Olave got very sick uh, during this when we missed the game. I, think I he's was told he had zero symptoms yeah. at all, well, so I'm going to just step on that point. He was not sick. Yeah. He tested positive. He missed the, the Big Ten Championship game. He needs to not put the ball on the ground himself. That's one thing I'm thinking that has been sort of an underlying and weird issue all year is that Chris Olave has fumbled like four, four times. times. And it's always been on the same kind of play. It's that little quick you know, escape valve type pass, and he gets hit from behind and fumbles. So I hope that Chris Olave has that under control heading into this game because the Buckeyes can't turn the ball over and win against Clemson. That's my prediction number two. They won't turn the ball over. Okay. I think the, other, the last part of that with Olave is that we talked about this going into last year's game, and it 
it really bore out. Uh, other than the red zone issues, Ohio State had no trouble really throwing the football. That was with Justin Fields without being able to extend plays, really use his legs the way he wanted to. This should be uh, as close to the fully functioning Ohio State offense as we will have seen all year. And Chris Olave will be the big beneficiary of that for me. Whole prediction number two. Stick with the passing game. I don't know where it's going to come from. Maybe it is Chris Olave. Three passes in the first half of more than 25 yards. And I say that because I want to bring up a point that nobody's talked about all week. Nolan Turner is missing the first half of this game. It is a much bigger deal than it has been made of in the last 10 days leading up to it. A targeting call against Notre Dame put him out of the first half. He's the one that picked off the pass in the fourth quarter against Justin Fields last year. He's an excellent safety. Maybe Dabo Sweeney, I think, has said he's the best safety he's had at Clemson. That's some pretty high praise for a guy. His absence is going to be huge in the first half. Ohio State has to find a way to take advantage of that to give themselves an advantage in the first half before he comes back in the game. I think they're going to try to do it with Jeremy Ruffert, maybe maybe Garrett Wilson down the middle of the field like we saw in the first possession against Indiana. I, I think they will do that. Three passes of more than 25 yards complete in the first half. I, the thing about Nolan Turner missing is that Clemson's secondary is probably more top-end talented this year than it was a year ago, but very, very inexperienced. A lot of young guys, especially on the corners. I think that that's where you miss that leadership is maybe the Buckeyes have an opportunity to get a miscommunication type play because you lose Nolan Turner in that first half. Uh, so I just wanted to – this show is about me. It is, yes. So I like to make sure I talk about everyone's point. Yeah. Move on. Austin. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Nice. Okay, go. Okay, go. Sean Wade. Okay. Interception. I don't know if he'll take it back to the house. I don't know if it qualifies as that bold that one of the best cornerbacks in America gets an interception, but the the sainting of Trevor Lawrence, one of the things that he will occasionally do because he's so good is he will take chances that other quarterbacks will yeah. not. Uh, he has faith in his arm. This is what Sean Wade came back for. I know that we the couple plays against Penn State, uh, Rutgers, we know, you know, yeah. Indiana, what happened in those, some of those games that he's not happy about. It took time. And, and he still hasn't had all that much of it to play as an outside cornerback. But he's going to be as ready for this game as any that he's ever played. And maybe he'll give up a play or two. That's fine, too. Uh, elite cornerbacks have to have confidence in their ability. Um, and he's talked about you know, being too eager to get that interception earlier in the year. He had to overcome that mentality. If the choice is between uh, you know, giving up a reception, going for the PBU, in my opinion, will not work in this game. You have to force the issue. There's going to be points scored by both sides. Go for a game-changing turnover. Try and make that play instead of a safer one. This this is a caution to the wind game. Yeah, and it's not a you know worry about your stats, worry about the NFL, um, worry about giving up two or three completions. Sean Wade needs to make an interception in this game. I believe he will. And the thing is, with Trevor Lawrence, normally, because he's so confident, he's had receivers that he trusts all over the field. And they don't really have that this year. But I think you're going to see him kind of force things to Amari Rodgers when he does have to extend plays. I'm not sure how healthy Frank Ladson is or, you know, the, the other outside receivers for Clemson have not been good this year. Um, but to win against Ohio State, they're going to have to push the envelope on the edge. And that's going to require Trevor Lawrence making some throws into into coverage because hell all year long people have thrown at sean wade at seven banks in coverage and those guys have been good and i we talked about it all year that i thought sean wade against indiana even against penn state was in pretty good coverage 
he had receivers who were making incredible plays and quarterbacks who put the ball right where it needed to be. That's an amplification uh, of, you know, what Trevor Lawrence can do because nobody's a better passer than him. So if Michael Penix is putting the ball in those spots, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is going to try too. And yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Sean Wade is going to play a big role. Every time Sean Wade said something this year about a guy in the secondary, he's made a big play. He said something about seven banks, and I think that's something to watch. Sean Wade said seven's going to make an impact. I trust him. I, I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I think seven banks is going to have a nice game. That's not my third bold prediction. But that was Sean Wade's bold prediction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so bold prediction numero tres para bois. I just, I just spoke three different languages at one time. What's in these drinks? Um, is that I don't really know. Truth be told, I don't know. Jeremy Rucker will score two touchdowns for Ohio State uh, on Friday Jeremy night. Jeremy Rucker to the four. Yeah. To the two. Okay. Two touchdowns. Uh, I think that Clemson is vulnerable in the middle of the defense if the Buckeyes are willing to be patient and use the screen passing game that they did last year with J.K. Dobbins, allow the uh, tight ends to matriculate down the field and put themselves, again, with Nolan Turner out in that first half. I think that the middle of the field is going to be susceptible. And I think that Jeremy Rucker, Luke Farrell have sort of faded in these last few games. They haven't been featured in the offense. But again, to beat Clemson, it's going to require Ohio State making Quick decisions, quick reads, and the tight end is always open. All right, bold prediction number three for me. I don't know really how bold this is because of the way the defenses operate. Trey Sermon is going to outrush Travis Etienne. I think Trey Sermon, they found something with that run game. I think Clemson's defensive line is a little more suspect than what everybody's giving them credit for. I think they probably deserve a little less credit than they get most of the time. They've got some inexperienced guys that haven't played a lot of big-time football on that defensive line. It's very talented, but at the same time, so is Trey Sermon. So is this Ohio State offensive line. If there's one or two guys that have taken Davos Rooney's comments to heart, it's Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis. And I think those guys are going to come out with their heads on fire, ready to knock some heads into the ground. And I think that's going to fuel the Ohio State run game. I think Trey Sermon can get to 100 yards. I don't know if Travis Etienne can. So Trey Sermon, more rushing yards than Travis Etienne. It's a good prop bet. Um, this is the biggest game of Jonathan Cooper's life. Um, we know what he went through to get to this point and not being able to play last year uh, in the playoff and help. Uh, I don't know if it tips the scales last year when Chase Young is available. And, and Ohio State did a pretty good job of getting pressure on him for the most part. But the fact that Chase Young is not there yeah. means that Jonathan Cooper has to be uh, a swamp monster in this one. You know, he's got to show up. He's got to get to him. He's got to hit him when he gets there to see if Tyreek Smith can help with that as well. Uh, if Tyler Friday and Javante John Baptiste, if they get clearance to play in this game. I, I think that this is one where Larry Johnson will have to pare down the rotation. That will fly in the face of what he likes to do. And we've talked to every all these rushmen for years that they understand why they do it how much better you play if you only play 30, 40 snaps, and they accept that. I don't think that they will. That Ohio State will be in position to go with that deep rotation. We saw them try that two weeks ago. Really, I was surprised. You know, they had them pinned inside the five one time. You looked out, on, and they were – Noah Potter was on the field, and I think he's going to be a fine player. I didn't think that was a situation. You needed to let your best pass rushers go get him. Yeah. Um, and I think in a lot of key situations, then you will see – Jonathan Cooper and Tyreek Smith, Pascal Garrett and Tommy Togiai staying on the field. And if that there might mean that Baron Browning helps a little bit in the pass rush as well, I think he'll have to show up. Um, but Jonathan Cooper, I think, will make two sacks. 
he knows what's on the line for him and, and the Blocko legacy. I think he's going to play well. I think it's so important that Ohio State have their full complement of defensive end depth. Not because they need to use it and rotate it in every other play like they have or like they like to, but for Jonathan Cooper, Tyrick Smith, Jamonte Jean-Baptiste, Tyler Friday, Zach Harrison, give me 80% of those guys to be ready to go on Friday, and I like the Buckeyes' chances a lot better than when against Northwestern you had three of those five available. And I think that just being able to rotate in that top four and then plug and play with Zach Harrison when you need, you know, athletic guy. Zach's played pretty well this year despite limited opportunities. But if if one of those guys can't go, fine. But you need to be able to rotate and stay fresh because Clemson is going to pressure the edge uh, on the uh, def- on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I, I love that prediction. What's the score? Are we done? How many more predictions did you want to make? The final score is going to be 48 to 42. I don't like saying this, but I think Clemson is going to win because I really just don't think the Buckeyes have played enough football. And I know that there's this con- there's this thought out there that six games is a help for Ohio State. I think that's BS. Football is about r- rhythm. It's about repetitions. It's about opportunity to compete. It's about going out there knowing what you're going to do. And I just don't feel like the Buckeyes have played enough football. And I, I, I believe firmly they're one of the four best teams in the country. I firmly believe that in a regular year, this is a different type of bet. Um, but I think the odds are against them. And I, I, I know they can win this game. Justin Fields has to play out of his mind. I could see that being a 48-42 Buckeye win. I could see it being a 48-42 loss. But I guess I'm just spooked because I, I just, until they beat Clemson, they haven't beat Clemson. And so I, I'm going 48-42 Tigers and hope I'm wrong. I promise I will get to my score. Last year when you guys called me into the into the video, I almost fell into the little pond there in Arizona to give my score prediction. As I was walking up to give my score prediction, I was going to pick Clemson. I picked Ohio State. This year, when the game was announced, I was going to pick Clemson. Dabo rated Ohio State number 11. The next morning I woke up having a dream that Ryan Day said the quote, that's not bad for the number 11 team in the country. I don't know why I had that dream, but I had that dream and I'm going to stick with it because I know, I believe in like the signs are telling me something. Ohio State's going to win this game 37-31. I think it's going to be a little more of an offensive showcase than we saw last year with the defensive battles in, in the second half that we saw in the big plays. I think it's going to be kind of a more methodical game. There's an upset that has to happen at some point. Ohio State has to be Clemson. Why not this year? I think it's 37-31 and you're going to see just an, a, a master class performance from Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson in play calling. I want to be clear that on Tuesday, as we were at Urban Meyer's Pine House, Chives asked me, he said, Burp, am I going to be the only one to pick Clemson on bold predictions? I, I t- I'm telling you. And I said, no, I, I think I'm going to pick them. And then he just swashbuckled me. <laughs> the whole week, I have told myself, I'm picking Clemson. I'm picking Clemson. I just now got swashbuckled. I'm, now I'm on the camera. And 37-31 just, just hit me like this. It hit me like a hurricane, Berm. Oh, buddy. Cheers to Patty Oath. And you didn't you didn't fall in the water or get wet. There's more it's all of these callbacks happening rattling around in Chive's subconscious. The water got to him again. I've the got hurricane 99 got problems. And the only one I have is that I just got swashbuckled by Chives. Go, get it out. <laughs>
everybody likes to poke fun on the fact that I pick Ohio State to win every game. This, here's the secret. I believe that they are the better team in every game that I've covered them in since 2012. My record in picking them has turned out to be pretty well. The last time I was in this city, I worked for somewhere else. They had 47 college football analyst experts picking that game. One of them picked Ohio State to beat Alabama. Who was it? It was Austin J. Ward. Ohio State is going to beat Clemson tomorrow night, Friday night, in the same dome. I, the thing about that score that I think from last year that's a little bit misleading are the touch the touchdown that comes off the board, the, the drop, maybe one of the J.K. Dobbins drops goes the other way. Maybe they call the pass interference in the end zone. Ohio State could have easily scored 49 points against Clemson last year. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow night. Games, you know, Clemson is a good program. I'm not ever going to dispute that fact or or short shrift them the way that I might Indiana or Northwestern or, or whoever. But Ohio State is the better football team, and they are going to win tomorrow night, 34-28. Hey, see you guys in Miami. Go Joseph, have a good time down here in the Bayou. Cheers. Happy New Year. Thanks Happy for New watching, Year to everybody. Thanks for putting up with us. One more game to go here uh, in the college football playoff semifinals, and then after that we'll regroup. Uh, maybe we'll be down there in South Florida. It's been a great, uh, weird year. Great's probably not the word, but uh, fun to cover Ohio State as always with these guys. They're Berm and Chives, Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. This has been Bold Predictions. We will see you in the Superdome.